Good morning, everyone. How good? Um, I don't know. I've just, just been standing up the back there and, and just taking in and, and watching people praise God and, and watching people make decisions, two particular ones. And, and the Brody family, uh, Jason and Mel, how great, and, and Clayton Heidi, wherever, probably taken off, uh, but the Richardson family too, and, and everyone else, of course. Just being able to come here, and, and I know there's people who come here week in, week out, uh, and that's fantastic, and truly me, I'm not just saying that, that is actually really fantastic, uh, but of course there's people here too who have come just to, just to help uh, celebrate the day, and how good is that? And I just, like I said, I was just standing up the back there just thinking the kingdom of God has been expanded today, and how good is it that it's one of our family, or two of our family in this case, you know, our family members, our refreshed family, and of course personal family members, so... It's just great. It's just great to bask in that glory. Um, so, yeah, so that's it's fantastic. Um, and thank you for being a part of, um, I guess, the extended family that, that is Refresh and, and our, in our community. And um, as Russ, you know, wherever there is, you know, said that that school, home, uh, and church family all combined. And, and it's just, it's why we do what we do. And so, I genuinely, you know, whoever it is from users to people behind the scenes, up the back, we you know, Kids stuff, whoever, whoever um, coffee community and making it is, uh, making it what it is. Uh, so that's fantastic. Um, today, um, I thought I'd extend or, or, or build on the back of, of what we've been talking about or what we've sort of seen demonstrated uh, with our baptism. And of course, baptism is that step and is that is that significant moment where we get to say, "Hey, I'm, I'm on board with this. I want to be with God forever. I want to be on His side. I want to be a part of His family." And, and I want to move into a couple of stories today where it talks, of, uh, where Jesus is talking to his disciples and there's a couple of different experiences that I want to just go through. But I guess to, before we start that, uh, I guess the question that I wanted to raise to start with is, are you okay with ordinary? Now it's a little bit of a loaded question because it could be like, well if I say I'm not okay with ordinary, does that mean I'm greedy and discontent or you know, like where are you going with this, Neil, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I get that. But... I'm, I'm coming from the angle of, well, let me, let me demonstrate. So I brought my little Woolies bag in. Sorry if you're a Coles fan. Um, but, like, when it, comes to, when it comes to ordinary, right, like, some people love ordinary, right? Some people, like, you know, and they, I don't know why, but quite often when it comes to ordinary, they call it original. Do you notice that? Like, Smith's original, you know, potato chips. You know, are you okay with the ordinary, or do you like something a little bit spicier, a little bit cheesier, a little bit... I don't know. Well, let's go a little raise of hand. Who's, say, who's actually all right with the ordinary chips? I'm talking chips now, nothing more than the chips. Right, our hands up for the, uh, the you know, something a bit flavour. Oh, rough, maybe 50-50, maybe just a little bit in front with the, with the flavour. All right, then we can go back to... I, I had to stay with Arnott's, I had some Oreos, but I couldn't bring them out today, sorry. To, um, you know, had to, had to be supportive of our Arnott's families. Arnott's, you know, like a plain Jane biscuit versus something with a bit of cream on it. Plain Jane, hands up. Oh, there's a few... Bit of a bit of extra, yeah, oh, that definitely won, no doubt at all. All right, no questions asked. And of course, water versus, actually that was just my water, but you know, I could have bought, I could have bought like a, you know, a can of whatever, you know, like banter or something, but you get my drift, right? So who's okay with ordinary? Because sometimes ordinary seems to dominate. Think about this, if I'm a student, right, if I'm a senior student, I'll, I'll look towards the students in the, in the room, you know, what does an ordinary day look like? If I'm just like an ordinary Monday, ordinary Tuesday, it's like possibly the alarm goes off, roll over, turn the alarm off, 
mum comes in or someone comes in about half an hour later, tells you to get out of bed because you're running late now, then you, uh, so you roll over and then you look at your phone again and check, you know, the alerts or whatever went off in the night, reply to a few of those, then you're later again, come to school, you know, this is an ordinary day, you know, travel to school, where you get dressed, travel to school, um, go to form time, go to your first class, go to recess, talk amongst your mates and whinge about what happened in the first couple of periods, go to the third, fourth, you know what I'm saying, yeah, and then, you know, then you go home and you're meant to do, you know, pretending that you're doing schoolwork until your parents, or your dad, pulls you up, and, um, and says, um, and says, like, you know, get off your phone, oh, no, no, I'm talking to my friends, we're working on it together, mm, whatever, <laughs> right, he thought I believed that, he thought he actually, he thought I, I actually believed him with that one, but... Ordinary day, right? And then tomorrow you do it all over again. Next day you do it all. Now, of course, not everyone here is a school student. We've got a few uni students among us. And basically, that, your day probably looks very similar, except you only do that twice a week, because that's all you do. That's sort of uni students. Then, of course, for people who go to work, similar sort of thing, except they go to bed much earlier by about 9 o'clock, maybe, and then just like, you know, and your family pretend, you know, you, anyway. But, you know, like that whole mundane day-in, day-out stuff, like, you know, and you sometimes you sort of get on the treadmill and you sort of think, well, what am I doing this for? Is this something that, like, is, is like, forever, or is it... And so then what we seem to do, or we, some of us, is we have the big highlights in our life, which is not a bad thing, or I'm not saying this is a bad thing. We have a big highlight, there might be a, a weekend that we're really looking forward to, or a or a holiday, or something happening at the end of the year, and, or, or some big event. So we work sort of, we think, well, I've just got to get to the weekend, or oh, I've just got to get another month or so, and then I'm going to go on holidays, or holidays are coming up, or whatever that might be. And so you sort of go through the treadmill, you know, you're on the treadmill, you're on the, you're on the mill, and then you get to that holiday, or you get to that big event, and it's good, and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's well deserved, and it's well needed. But then you have it, which is great, and then you get back on the treadmill. You know what I'm saying? And you go back to ordinary. And you go back to just like, what is this life all about? And, and that, sort of, that sort of can become a bit of a, a cycle um, that happens over and over again. Have you ever watched, have you ever watched someone, uh, or I'll, I'll actually back that up, have you ever paid money to watch somebody uh, do an ordinary performance? Now, it could be you've gone to watch a sporting event where there is, a, you know, a, a team event, and it's just like, this is so ordinary. I cannot believe I paid money to do this, to watch this. Or it could be a uh, music or a drama, like it doesn't have to always be sports. Um, I know when Sean stands up here, he always talks sports, and well, that's sort of where my head goes a little bit too, but apologise to all those other people if, if there is anything else out there except sports. Um, <laughs> But you know, like, have you ever paid money to watch something and you're like, a movie, like you've gone to the movies, you've paid money and you're just like, what am I here for? Lucky the popcorn's okay, you know, hopefully, or whatever it might be. Like, have you ever watched or you've gone out of your way or put effort into, paid money for and watched or tried to have an experience, but it was just really ordinary? Like, it wasn't special at all and you're sort of sitting there thinking, you know, I could do better than that or I could do as well as that, or this is, you know, this is rubbish, and, um, yeah, you only have to look at sporting, sporting clubs who, who are out of form, or aren't playing well, to, and, and, or movies, you know, where they spend zillions of dollars, and it flops, uh, because of an ordinary performance. So, people aren't typically content with ordinary. Are you okay with ordinary? So, I thought I'd just stay in this, um, stay in this sporting theme, just for a little, for a little bit. Um, 
I just thought I'd just compare what an ordinary sports person versus an elite or an all-in sports person might do. In, 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 and just sort of give you a bit of context in, in how they approach, I guess, their sport. Now, like I said before, there's, there could be music or it could be sort of performing arts or it could be all sorts of things, but I don't know about that very illustration, a bit of an example. All right, so if, I was, if I'm in an ordinary sport, now let me define an ordinary sport person. Well, someone who just has a bit of an interest in it. Now, I, I would put myself in that category. Am I good at sport? No. All right. Do I have an interest? Yes. Do I play? Occasionally. All right. So that's an ordinary, do I look like an athlete? <laughs> no. Right. We all, okay. Okay. We all, you, you, you know, I'm happy for you to have a little bit of judgment there, like, you know, to make, the, make this point a little clearer, right? You can look at Neil and go, hmm, definitely not. A, yeah, right, whatever. Versus someone that you might sit on, you know, watch on the weekend on TV or something, you know, high performance, elite sports, you know, being paid to play their game or whatever it might be, okay? Olympics or, or footy or cricket or whatever it might be, any sort of sport. All right, let's, let's just compare the two. In interest, what interest do they have in the game? Well, I enjoy sport. I'd say, like, if I put myself in the sporting, in the uh, ordinary sort of a person, just a stocko, ordinary person that enjoys, I enjoy it. Whereas an elite or an all-in person, 100%, that's all they do. They're, they're, they're all in, they're 100% dedicated to their sport. I might talk about it with my friends um, every now and then. It doesn't dominate every conversation, but I certainly might give it some airtime. Whereas an elite person or an all-in sports person, they'd be talking about it regularly, that including other elite people. They'd be actually breaking it down, they'd be talking strategies, they'd be talking all sorts of stuff. A, an ordinary person, they might know other people's achievements, all right? When I'm talking other people's, I'm talking other elite, you know, like elite achievements. Whereas the elite person, they're probably not so much talking about other people's achievements, but they're probably breaking it down a little bit more and actually really trying to find out the hows and the whats and how do I get better and how do I make that, who did what, so that they can actually become better themselves. What sort of priority do we give it? Well, someone like me, it's a sideline interest. Yep, I've got an interest. Whereas the elite, obviously, it's, uh, it's their whole life. How much time? Maybe a few hours a week. Whereas the other, the game. Diet? Uh, no thought, right? No thought to my, I give no thought to my performance when I eat whatever I eat, all right? That's just pretty much how it is. Whereas, you know, dieticians and, you know, different, all those different things, whether you're a long distance runner versus, you know, so there's a lot, a lot of specific stuff that goes into, uh, into consideration. Training? Not much, if at all, whereas the other, whereas an elite person would be a very rigorous or a tight daily, monthly, year in, year out, you know, like it, taking potentially years to build to a specific moment. And you think about Olympi Olympians who know that in four years' time I have to be at my peak and they actually build to that very, very one point. And uh, we saw that during COVID when, when the Olympics were, when the um, Winter Olympics were um, postponed, that, that threw all their, their schedules out a little bit. Coaching, none versus regular or possibly even multiple coaches in different fields. So they might even have different number of different coaches that are coaching on different aspects of their game. So you can see there's a very big difference, very big difference. Outcome, bit of fun, yep, enjoy it. Whereas the, at elite level, you're looked up to by many, you are able to influence people and watch by far and wide, like far and wide. So just, I guess just wanted to point out, there is a difference between ordinary and someone who is all in. 
All right, this is just in the everyday world of, in this example, sport, right? There's a difference between someone who's just an ordinary whatever to someone who is all in. I want to go to an example in the Bible where Jesus uh, sends out his 12 disciples. And we're going to pick up, we're going to read sort of the back end of this passage here in Matthew uh, where he talks about this. But Jesus has been talking with his, working and talking with his disciples for a little while now and he actually, he says, all right, now it's, just, it's time that you do this. It's time that you have a go. And I guess in some ways, uh, I probably want to, I guess, if we're really serious, if we really want in, it probably, it's not just more, it's, it's more than just an interest in the game. It's more than just taking a, you know, having a few thoughts here and there or doing a few little things. And as we can see, Jesus, Jesus was really building up these disciples so that they would actually, um, you know, be good at what they do and, and be able to be effective. All right, so Jesus sends out his 12 and here we go. We're going to read this, this uh, verse here in Matthew. Um, this is what he says, these were, his, these were Jesus' instructions that he gave to these disciples. He says, as you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Um, which I thought this morning, you know, even in the baptism, you know, that's, that's, that's proclamation right there. That's, a, that's someone standing up and demonstrating that they want to be part of that. He said, but, he said, what I want you to do, the disciples, I want you to go out into the community, go out into the, into the people around you and I want you to say this to people around you. I want you to say, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And he says, then I want you to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. In other words, he says, I want you to do two things. I want you to tell people about me and about my plan and I want you to help people. I want you to do something great or do something good for other people heal the sick, raise the dead, all right, and obviously any little bit before that he says, look, I'm giving you the authority, I'm giving you the ability, I'm giving you the power to do these things and that's what he does. I want to also, as I guess a little illustration, I just want to look at what something else that these disciples do because basically the disciples go out and they do that and they, and they go out and they go out into the community and he sends them off in pairs and and they go and heal the sick, and they go and do all these crazy things, they get to do what they had been taught. And, you know, they were saying, look, even, you know, even the demons were like, listen, you know, we, had, we were able to do some great stuff. Uh, we were helping people, people were believing us, we were doing things, and it gave them an extra ordinary. It wasn't the, you know, these guys who were disciples were come from all walks of life but you know it wasn't just the mundane it wasn't the the alarm goes off at six o'clock and you get out of bed and you find your clothes to go to work and then you you know breakfast what it was there was something different there was something special there was something extra ordinary about what they were able to achieve achieve and just not long after they came back we have this experience where Jesus feeds 5,000 and many of you may know this story and there might be there might be people in here who don't so basically just a little bit of background on this story there's some other things that were happening as well, but Jesus basically said to his disciples, you know what, it's time, it's time for us just to get away and let's just spend some time together. So they went out into the, basically into the countryside, they thought they could get a bit of alone, a bit of, you know, a bit of alone time, except everyone saw them heading out and so there was thousands. Uh, when it says 5,000, that was, that was only the men that were counted, so who knows how many, could be 10, 15, who knows how many thousand people, but certainly we know there was 5,000 plus 
women and children, it's just how they counted in those days. Alright, so we're going to read a little bit about what happened here in this occasion. So, Jesus, Jesus and the disciples head out into the hills and they were going to spend a bit of alone time and Jesus was going to sort of debrief a little bit about what just happened when they went out and, and when they you know, went out to share and heal other people. Um, but everyone saw him, so then they all came and there was like this big multitude, a huge number of people, no microphones, no, you know, no headsets here, no PowerPoint, Jesus was just ministering and talking to them. And, and, if, we, and if we look at this story, uh, it, we pick it up sort of a halfway through it and this is a little bit that I want to sort of point out, it says, uh, by this time it was late in the day, so this is, he'd been ministering to these people, these 5,000 men plus a whole bunch of others, so yeah. in the day, so his disciples came to him. Um, which is sort of a not a bad thing, right? His disciples are thinking, uh, thinking ahead, there's a whole bunch of people, they're way out in the scrub and, and his disciples say, hey, we've got a problem. He said, this, they said, this is a remote place, we're out in the bush, right? This is a remote place and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. So they're actually being very thoughtful, right? So they've just come back from this high where they've been, not so long ago, they've come back after they've been doing all this great stuff and they're like, you know, like, we need to be looking after these people, like, these are, this is something that we can do. He says, we need to send them away. And Jesus answers, but he answered, you give them something to eat. How many? I mean, I don't, who was on breakfast this morning? Just saying, anyone? Breakfast? Who was on breakfast? Come on out, put your hand up. <laughs> Nobody, they're still out there cleaning, okay. Okay, but you know, you imagine, right, you've got, I don't know, maybe a couple of hundred people here this morning trying to do breakfast, it's a bit of a job, there's people out there probably getting lunch ready maybe, or we're about to go out and get lunch ready for us later, thank you very much. Um, but you know, like a couple hundred people, that's a fair task to feed, a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand, and, uh, and Jesus turns around and says, ah, how about you guys, how about you guys do it? And he already has a bit of a plan, he's already sort of working, the, working, working them over a little bit, um, but they turn around and say to him, said, um, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to all these people to eat? Now, like, if you do the sums, I actually did the sums, if you took an average Australian wage, that's about $7.50 per man. So that's actually not too, not too far off the mark, you know, I don't know if you could feed a family, of, you know, buy chips at your local chip, shor- chip shop and feed two or three or four people, I'm not sure, but, but basically, you know, he's on track there, he says, this is, this is half a year's wages. We can't do that. Like there's, there's like 10, 15, however many thousand people here in front of us. Like, we're out of options. We're out of options. Half a year's wages, that's a lot. How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit on in groups, a little bit of food. And I don't know, more, it's funny, like, and you think, you know, you think, why is there a little, why is it late in the afternoon and this, you know, and, and in different ver- and a different book it talks about Andrew who found this young boy who actually had these five loaves and, um, and two fish. And you're thinking, why has he still got them? I don't know about, I'll go back to our students and maybe you can think back when you were in high school or when you are in school, like, I hated sandwiches too. I don't know, maybe, maybe they weren't that good, right? Maybe he's like, this is pretty rough food, like, you know, some old stale bread. And I don't know what it was, dried out fish, I'm not sure what he had, right? But for some reason, he still had a bit of food left over. So Jesus says, yeah, bring it here and tell everyone to sit down. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties uh, and taking five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and gave thanks and broke the, bro- uh, the bread and the loaves. And he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. 
he also divided the two fish among them all and did the same. And the other thing too, which I thought was very interesting, is that here he has, he's asked the disciples for help, but then they were also part of, even though they didn't have an idea, they didn't, they didn't understand what Jesus was about to do, he also then made them part of the solution. He also said, I need your help with this. He broke the bread, he made a, he made a, mirac- a miracle happen, basically open and just kept making more and more food on the spot, which is, that was like crazy, ridiculous, think about that. Um, I'm sure probably some parents, mothers in, in the room here think, wouldn't that be good if you could just go to the fridge and just pull out a bit of stuff and dump it on the table, that'd be good each and evening. But, but here he is, he's, he's, given, he's given his disciples something to do and he's made them part of the, uh, part of the solution. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up the 12 baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish. Nothing but an extraordinary experience. Like, like think, you just, I mean, I know some of us, some of us have just heard that story a thousand times, some of us it might be brand new or whatever, anywhere in the middle. But you think about the reality of what that would have been. Like, that's a crazy, a crazy, crazy story. A crazy extraordinary story and I like to like to think about it like this a little bit of an equation it's the ordinary plus the extra makes it extraordinary okay that's nothing too 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 hard to get our head around ordinary plus extra equals extraordinary and if we think about I'm the ordinary if it's if if I'm the ordinary, we are just ordinary people, nothing special, nothing too like ridiculous or whatever, but we're just ordinary. We've just got our own normal abilities, personalities, the environments that we live in, or our own experiences, just, it's just all ordinary, and God is the extra. God is the powerful, God is the all-knowing and the all-present. Put the two together, me and God is the extraordinary not that we become extraordinary but God is able to make his presence known here on earth we are able to glorify God when we team up together that's what the disciples did the disciples were part of that story even though sometimes we bag the disciples because they're like when Jesus turns around and says feed the five thousand they're like huh how do we do that like you know like and we think oh they must just be dumb but like think about it I wouldn't I wouldn't have gone oh what well Jesus I've got an idea why don't you just break bread why don't you just make bread you know like that was it was it was a real story like it was a real life situation it was the disciples and God created a ridiculously extraordinary experience which I find fascinating to think that God asks us to team up with him and he does, and, and you know, we, we looked in the font there this morning, and two girls getting baptised, and, and Sarah, I think you said, you know, like Shani, how, and, and, and Chelsea as well, but I think you mentioned it with Shani, Sarah, that, you know, that someone who just loves sharing and loves bringing other people as well, like, loves bringing other people to Jesus, like, that's what God has asked to do. Jesus asked his disciples, Matthew 20, go and share this with other people. He has, that's just the, the how, that's just how he has decided, that's just the way in which he has asked this to happen he's asked us to get on board and I believe and this is probably the the the, the, the crutch the, the you know the the punchline I believe it's when we are able to get on board with what God wants that our experiences 
that our lives become the extraordinary because we team up with God. It, we, we get off the treadmill, we get off the, you know, we, we, we be, are able to do something extra special. I've got an example. This happened a long time ago and I know I've, I've shared this or part of this with a few of you before but I guess it sticks out in my life as a bit of an experience that I had probably because it's probably one of the I've had some sense of course but but because it's probably one of the first experiences where I really felt that there was something going on I guess you might say when it comes to God and me and at the time I was only was only young back I was at university and I was living in a place called Rowena now there's the map um, you got Brisbane and Gold Coast up there on the right-hand side. It was northwest New South Wales. I was working on a property uh, on, on a farm uh, at a place called Rowena. I was just zooming in there a little bit. Now, we were pretty close to town, that top, top little uh, uh, top spot's the, actually the farmhouse and there on the bottom there is the, uh, the village of Rowena. Uh, so I was pretty close to town but when you think about it, I think, uh, yeah, that's, that's the property. That was the post office. I thought I'd just show you a few pictures. Um, that's the place I worked at, a place called Eatonvale, 17,500 acres. Um, we're about, um, it was about 45 k's of dirt road, and about 14 or 15 of those were, were dry weather only. So if it ever rained, you were stuck, right? You just couldn't, you couldn't go anywhere. They were impassable. Which, if you ever got wet for a long period of time, you just ate whatever was in your pantry or really praying that God would multiply your food or you know your eight damper again or whatever you had left. Rowena population, the area was 100, is 181 people but there's about 13 people who live in town, all right? So this is just a little bit of a picture of, of where I was at and I absolutely loved it. Uh, some of you are going, oh my goodness, like he's in the sticks. Yes, I was. Like, but I, I, it was the, my, it's still to this day the most favourite place I've ever lived. Um, not saying the most favourite like place with people because there was no one else out there, right? I was just living, I was living in that, um, that was my, that's actually the house I lived in, well the hut slash whatever, um, sideline story, when I first moved into that house it was like, like full of mud, like dirt, it was just a workers hut so no, no one ever really, no one ever cleaned it probably for, forever, who knows how long, mud on the walls, mud on the floors, just timber floors and it was on a bit of a slope and that door, at the, that's the front door, you might find that hard to believe but that's the front door there, and uh, I, I walked into it the first time and it was really muddy. I'm thinking, how do I clean this up just a little bit? And I thought, I looked at the front door and I thought, you know what, the, the house sort of slopes towards the front door a little bit. Well, that's, that's, that's pretty convenient. So I went out and I got the fire trailer and I got in the back door and I just hosed it out. It was just hosed, walls, roof, everything. And it just all flowed out the front door. It was quite convenient. Anyway, so that was my little house. That's where I lived. Lived out there for... Oh, not quite a year, but a, a good while, and uh, loved every minute of it. Loved, loved being out there, and I, and I, and I, that was my dream. Like I, I wanted to live somewhere like that forever, and um, do a few other things. But that was, that was, that's. Well, I enjoyed it. I was go two, three, four weeks without actually seeing another human, uh, except on TV, on my one channel. That was pretty good. Um, that I had. And I remember I actually, it was actually a time in my life where I got really close to God because there was no one else to talk to, um, which is quite inconvenient, saying, I, ga I gave God this one promise and you know when you promise God stuff, like, you're, I don't know, often you regret that later, often you think, why did I say that, right? Um, but at the time I'm, I'm quite happy where I am, 
I'm loving life, I'm I'm in my happy place, I guess you might say. And I made made God this promise. And I said, God, I want to be the most effective that I possibly can be with the one life that you have given me. And and, And basically, if you look back to what we just spoke of, in no way, shape or form, I don't think I'm as good as a disciple or anything else, but it's just like, all right, who can I help? Who can I share you with? Who can, who can I um, show your love with in my community? And that's where it started. And about 18 months later, I'm very, very reluctantly sitting in a classroom at Avondale College studying theology going, what the heck are you doing, God? Like, what are you, why have you taken me away from what I wanted to doing something that I feel, feel completely uncomfortable with? But taking the ordinary, add God, and you get the extraordinary. It's not the same. It's not the same as just having your own hopes and dreams and then working to see how you can fill that. Take the ordinary, add God as the extra, as the extra, and it's extraordinary. In your Christian experience, and I'm talking about this is me too, all right, I'm not saying that I've made it or I've arrived, and there's plenty of times where I just think, I don't even know why, why I'm a pastor, like, you know, I'm not up to this, I'm not, I'm not even close enough, or I don't even spend enough time to God, or I'm too ordinary to even represent God, hey, you know, like, that's being a bit, exposing myself there a little bit, but it's true. But have you ever thought, have you ever looked at some, some Christian, or, uh, you know, some heard a story or you know of someone or you hear of someone that just seems to be like on fire for God and you sometimes you have that like I wish I could be like so-and-so I wish I could have the sort of experiences that so-and-so has or the stories I've heard about so-and-so or um, I wish I could have just seen that or done that like and you sort of have this I'm just an ordinary Christian and maybe you're sitting here, you know, you, you, you're here and you're not even a Christian and I respect that totally, you know, that's, it's, that's your thing. But maybe you're sitting there, I'm just an ordinary person or an ordinary, ordinary Christian. And, and I, I don't have that sort of experience. I don't have that like all in, you know, there's like that, you know, we talked about, we, we compared the elite sports person versus an ordinary sports person. Well, now I'm going to compare just to maybe an ordinary Christian versus someone who you think might be, we won't call them elite, but someone who's like all in, all dedicated, all right? But there is a contrast. An ordinary Christian may enjoy God, may it's like, oh, it's a nice idea. Whereas someone who's all in is, is really, you know, really dedicated to God. Sometimes you might talk to friends about it, sometimes you may not. But those people who are all in, they seem to always be talking about God. Why is that? They know what God has achieved, they've heard the stories. Whereas someone who's all in, they might... They might know that you know how to go about it or what they're doing. They might just have a bit more, in, bit more of an idea. Some of us make it a bit of a sideline. It's a bit of a sideline interest. Sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll think about it. Sometimes I might even pray. Whereas others seem to just make it their whole life. Some people might give it a few hours a week. Maybe you just turn up to a place like Refresh every now and then. Whereas the other people eat and breathe the game. Some of us, when it comes to diet, have none or little intake. Don't ever really do much at all when it comes to feeding ourselves in spiritual ways. Whereas other people make it have specific intake. They're really dedicated about what spending time with other people. Training, rarely or no training. 
or some people just seem to have that rigorous schedule. No coaches, sometimes other people go, they just want, you know, you see where I'm going with this? Outcome, bit of fun, oh yeah, it's, not, it's a good thought, it's a nice thing. Elite level, looked up, have influence over other people. And I guess the, the contrast here, I believe, is whether we want to take on, really want to take on that God extra. That ordinary person, we can all do an ordinary thing and we can all do, we're just ordinary people, but if we take on that extra thing, that extra God bit, I believe he will take us to, and to give us experiences that we could never achieve on our own otherwise. A little, little thing here is like, it's not often that uh, we will be presented with extraordinary opportunities to help others. Not often that, you know, sometimes we just look around and we think, well, how do I get in the game? How do I get involved? Uh, like, you know, I just, I'm looking around, I don't see the opportunities. You know, Neil's talking about, right, hey, let's get in there and let's, you know, boots and all and let's have a go, let's add God, let's do this stuff. But I don't see those great opportunities. And sometimes we don't see that. But I do believe that we will be surrounded by small opportunities all the time that we are surrounded. And that when there's an outlet... When there's an outlet for you to serve others, I believe that gives us an extraordinary experience. When we have, like those disciples, like they were just ordinary people, but they took God on board and they spent time with Him and all of a sudden their whole lives changed and, and they changed the, and they themselves changed the course of history. We're reading about them thousands of years later, quite literally. Pretty amazing. Because a couple of ordinary people decided to t add God to their life and became and were able to do extraordinary things and I believe that we can then have glory to God moments. So my final thoughts, and I'm just going to ask the band to come up as we just close off, my final thoughts are for you today is don't settle for ordinary, don't just think well that's too much, I can't get there, it's not something that you know I'm not like you know some pastor or some person or um, all that sort of stuff, like, I'm just an ordinary person. Like, yes, you are. And some of you might not want to hear that, I don't know, but yes, you are, you're just ordinary people. But with God, we can do extraordinary things. And I just love, you know, we go back to the baptism, some young girls who today said, I want to do, you know, I want to have an extraordinary life. And it doesn't matter how old we are, that we can achieve that and we can actually be a part of that. Um, so, yeah, challenge for you today, I guess, is don't settle for ordinary. Thank you, guys.